Welcome to Busted Biscuits. I'm Jen Stanley. And I'm Jill Super. And today we're talking about loneliness. Yes, we are. But before we get started, we have a couple of announcements. Yes, good so, stuff. So tomorrow, if you're listening the day that this episode is released, which is August 31st, tomorrow, September the 1st, we have Fair Food Friday. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is the Indiana County Fair is open like from 11 to 2 during the, the day and it's free to get in. And so we want you to come and get your lunch and come find us in the fairgrounds and have a seat with us and have lunch with us. Yeah. So we're going to let the first 50 people... Get a, get a treat. Yes. Good stuff. We, we, we have fun prize. Yeah. And so, so just come and find us. So um, we will post on the day, like where we're at and, and show you where to come find us. So Check social media. Social media. Yep. And so we'd love to have you come have lunch with us. And then our next thing we have coming up is not until September 30th of 2023. And we are having a coloration celebration. Mm-hmm. So mm. we are into alliteration <laughs> with, with all our titles. BBs and CCs. Right. All, of, all the things. <laughs> and so what that is, some of you may have seen like a color party online like on social media where essentially you pick a color and you dress head to toe in that color and then you bring a snack that matches your color mm-hmm. and so we are going to have one of those we've got it set up for the 30th at 6 p.m out at blue spruce park and so we have signups for that so just so we know that you're coming um and it's, it's a free event we just want you to wear an outfit and bring a treat and uh, if you look at those elaborate spreads that they have on on the social media we are not expecting that we just want you to bring bring one treat you know and to if match you dress in pink bring pink cupcakes that's right uh we love chocolate but i don't know how much brown we really want to have right we want this to be a colorful Ooh, party we will so, be in the woods so well, this is true right so we'd love to have you come so if you'd like to do that you can find it on on facebook or instagram and then also on um on our website, on our website which is bestedbiscuits.us so you can go there and sign up so we'd love to have you join us we would it's gonna be a good time yeah we are. We just got done wrapping up a series on trust, and we talked quite a bit about attachment, attachment styles. Like that was really an interesting um, segments for us. Like I learned a lot of stuff in that. How did you feel about all that? Um, I yes, that was that was a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. It was really good information. It helped me like understand different people. Like I'm all about learning about people's people's brokenness and seeing them for their you know what the things that that maybe make them the way that they are and trying to bypass that to be in relationship with them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it gives me such a great understanding of that foundation as to why they, how they ended up there. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of good explanation like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I see. Like you're not being a jerk. You're just avoidant or, you know, you're you're not being too attentive. Like you're just anxious. Like, you know, like just being able to understand what, where that comes from. I actually used it. Did you? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I used it. Okay. Uh, With one of my kids. I was like, listen, like, (laughs) I recognize this behavior. Yeah. Here's a book for you to read. Yes. <laughs> they had a, a, a relationship issue and I was like, this is perfect. I, let me tell you, you should listen to my podcast. They're like, I'm not listening to your podcast. I said, well, let me just tell you about it then. We should make our family listen to the podcast. <laughs> right, we should. I, yes. I, I definitely uh, shame. I shame my girls into it. Like Carly does a pretty good job of following. Um, Coco is iffy and I'm not sure about Claire, but we definitely talk about that. Like I strongly encourage their family support. <laughs> so anyway, so then for this se- segment about loneliness like we found a different book that we we're wanting to talk about and this is called friendship in the age of loneliness it's by a guy named adam smiley poloski Pos- 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 
Man, okay. So, um, but he goes by Smiley, so we'll be he calling does. him that as we yeah. refer to him as we talk about his book. Because <laughs> it's easier. Yeah. So and what, it was such an easy read. Like, it was such mm-hmm. a good book. It really, really is. Yeah. I feel like I was joining a club. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, because, like, he talked about friendship and how important it was, and then, like, he listed other people that, like, were really um, invested in friendships and, like, were yes. friendship specialists. And, mm-hmm. like, so I started following all these people going, ooh, I bet you've got good content and you've got good content. And so <laughs> I'm like, this is kind of cool because the, he's thinking about things and talking about things that Busted Biscuits has been talking and thinking about. Mm-hmm. And so it felt really neat to kind of to join a group of people that are like, this is on our mind too. Yeah. Like, you know, that we're not, we're not alone in this, that, that everyone else is seeing value or there are other people that are seeing value in social connections. Right. And so that was a really good thing. Good. I also want to say though, like this book really comes from a, a healthy perspective. Yes. Meaning yes. that like, um, like it's really, it has this assumption that you're already emotionally healthy and, and that able to like, to try the next level of things, like to avoid loneliness. And so while, while that's good, um, I think sometimes that we have some, some unhealthiness within ourselves, right. That, that prevents us from having relationships. It gets in the way of making connections. And so Jill and I've talked about like where we're headed with this. So we are wanting to talk about loneliness. We've got plans for like social cues and body language. And then we'll, that takes us to season three. Mm-hmm. And we really want to talk about in season three, about how to be healthy. I'm so like, excited for that. Yeah. So how does your emotional health impact your relationships? Mm-hmm. And so then, um, so I think you, we want you to take these ideas. If you're feeling kind of uncomfortable with them, because you're not not quite there yet that's okay because we're going to keep talking about how to be healthy exactly how to grow and change that maybe you can can step into these things sounds good so I think that's important yes so yes I completely agreed with you Jill when you say this book was an easy read like it Mm -hmm. was it was very engaging it was like fun it was a fun book to read (laughs) and so um he, he brought up at the beginning some really interesting statistics like he was talking about his experience in COVID and how he kind of realized that you know he was kind of feeling lonely like we all had some moments of that like, yeah. I know in the beginning, like I felt kind of relieved, like not to have to go anywhere. It was kind of nice. Okay. And then, you know, slowly as you continue to be isolated, it gets, it gets kind of old. Yeah. You know, that kind of shifted I, and no, changed. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So he talked about that there is a direct correlation between the amount of like Facebook friends and Instagram followers and then the, the lack of deep connection. So the more of, of those that you have, the more followers and friends, the, the less connection you have emotionally, like in friendship wise. Which is interesting. Well, it feels counterintuitive because you think when people have more friends mm-hmm. and more connections that that must mean they're not lonely. Mm-hmm. But the reality is those things are surface and there's like not any depth there. And so yeah. they're missing that ability to connect with each other. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then in, in 2013, the State of Friendship in America, this organization, found that the average adult American only has one real friend and that three-fourths of the Americans are not satisfied with their friendships. That that That's sounds... A lot. Yeah. Like not... They're, we only have one friend. The average American only has one friend. Well, and also three quarters of the people are not satisfied with the friendships not that happy. they have. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. So like we, it's 75%. That's a, that's, a, that's a majority, right? That's a lot of people. <laughs> that's a lot of majority. Yeah. Are not <laughs> satisfied. And so I think that that's interesting. We should be asking why. Why are we not satisfied? Yeah. You know, so if you are not satisfied with your friendships, I would challenge you to, to think about that. Why exactly are you not happy with it? What's missing? You know, what, what needs to grow? What needs to change? Like what, what, what needs to happen here so that you would be more content and happy with your relationships? So like that, to me, that statistic, um, invites self-reflection. Yeah. That's a good one. I would agree. And then in 2019, Evite reported that the average American hasn't made a new friend in the last five years. What do you think about that one? So to me, I struggle with um, knowing what they mean by making a friend. Yeah. Like, how are they defining a friend? 
So like, is this, they've met somebody new or, um, and like they brought them into their circle or they spent time with them one-on-one or like getting another someone's name. Like what, what really would make them hit criteria for a friend to be able to say whether or not you made a new friend in the last five years? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. You'd have to understand what the, yeah, what the questions were that kind of went into it. And then to point out this, the statistics started in 2019. So this is mm-hmm. pre COVID. So this wouldn't even be impacted by the isolation that we had in COVID. But it is definitely smack dab in social media. Oh, definitely. time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how would you determine someone is your friend versus an acquaintance? What's the criteria? Friend versus acquaintance. Acquaintance would be someone that I, you know, run into the store and maybe ch- have a little chat with and kept yeah. say, how are you? Okay, good, great. How's mm-hmm. the family? Good. Um, someone that you, that you, you know, may, may socialize with, but you don't necessarily go deep and have conversations with. To me, a friend is, a, is someone who I'm going to spend time with. In one of our sessions, we talked about these, this rule of threes, right? There's like three minutes, three hours, three days, you know, who, where do your people fall into? There's mm-hmm. someone that you, you spend three minutes with at the grocery store, right? Saying hello. The three, three, three hour people are the people you, you're going to spend and invest some time in to get to know. And then the, um, the three day people are the people that you really love to spend time with and you can spend three days with them and, and not think twice about it. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the people that I, for me, I consider my friends, like the people that I that I really truly connect with on a, on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, there's always opportunity to grow that, but yeah. Well, For I me, think, that's where it is. yeah, I think that what I would find myself uh, using is like, whether or not I have your phone number, um, like, like uh, programmed into my phone. Okay. <laughs> if I have your phone number, <laughs> like that's a good sign. And so, um, and, they, and can I text them and not have to like reintroduce myself? Like, Hey, this is Jen Stanley, blah, 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 blah. You know? And so <laughs> like, point, yeah. right. If I can just like start texting with them, I think that that would feel like a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is pretty surfacey though. You know, because that's not, there's not a lot of depth in that, but like having enough of a connection that you could just pick up and start texting without like having to have a reason to do that, I think would be, that'd be part of my criteria. Okay. 25% of Americans say they do not have someone to turn to for a meaningful conversation. That's that's a fourth of people. Yeah. Don't feel like they have a meaningful conversation, have someone to do that with. It's kind of disheartening. Mm -hmm. A little bit sad. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel like, I mean, everybody has stuff in their day. Who do you go to and talk to about that? Well, and a good question. So if you don't have anybody, like maybe you're not talking to anyone about it. So I think there's a couple angles you could go either like you isolate and you just don't talk about it. And so then you like would consider yourself a private person because there's no one to go share that with. Or the opposite might be true where you overshare, where you mm-hmm. tell meaningful things to whoever will listen, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And so I think, yeah. you, you know, you could have two different reactions to that. Okay. So the, this next statistic is about the Gen Z and millennials. And so just for a recap, a Gen Z is someone that was born in 1997 to 2012. And then millennials are 79 to 95. So 1979 to 1995. And so 80% of Gen Z and 70% of millennials are lonely. It's like, that's a big, that's a that's, large, that's number. a lot of people <laughs> feeling lonely. Of entire generations. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big chunk of people. Yeah. And so we also have to consider there's a difference between like being socially isolated and feeling lonely. Okay. So like you can be socially isolated and not feel lonely, or you can also be lonely, um, but but have a lot of social connections. And so they're not the same thing. Social isolation and loneliness are not the same thing. I would agree with that. Okay. Why would you agree with You could be in a sea of people and be okay with that. Like, and still feel lonely because you're not connected to any of them. Mm -hmm. You can also be at home and isolated from people and be okay with that. Because sometimes we just need to 
take a break and fill our cup up. So then I would venture to say then that it kind of, it depends on each person as to what loneliness, what your definition of loneliness would be. Yeah. You know, so it may not, what makes you lonely may not make me lonely. Or yeah, vice versa. that's, that's very true. Like for me, loneliness is an emptiness, right? Like it's, it's a, a lack of something. Mm-hmm. If I don't feel a lack of something, then I'm not lonely. Yeah. And, and like, we really need to have a depth of connection with someone, like with a physical being, because, you know, our Facebook friends <laughs> and our Instagram followers or our tr- Twitter, I mean, ex followers, you know, um, that they're not the ones that are going to show up for us when we have like a crisis. They're not the ones that come alongside us in life when we need somebody. Very true. And so then why are we putting so much energy into these, these relationships or these connections when what we really need to be doing is making sure we're connected one-on-one with a person, like a physical body, someone that you can, can tangibly touch and interact with on a daily basis. Yeah. When I, when I, uh, a couple of years ago, when I gave up social media, I was like, what is the point of this? Right. Why Mm -hmm. do I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't go out and like seek to talk to most of these people. I run into them in the grocery store and half of them avoid me. Or I had yeah. from them, you know, I mean, it's, it happens. Yeah. So why do I have to stay friends? Why do I have to stay connected? And, and, you know, I, I question that all the, there's like a whole episode in and of itself. Uh, <laughs> is why we keep Facebook why. friends versus yeah, why, why we don't. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember when Facebook first started and that Tom was everybody's friend? You asked me about this and I, I do not, I didn't For come real. to Facebook until later. So but how much later? Cause I didn't come on to like 2009 and I remember cause I was pregnant with Claire, my youngest. And so, um, I know I joined then. Do you, do you remember what it I think been? it would have been like 12 or 13. I think okay. I, uh, it was after at some point they took Tom off of being everyone's friend. And so <laughs> we'll have to research that lady. I know <laughs> research that later and see when that was, but like, I know in the, when it first began, like Tom was everybody's friend. He's like the first picture that showed up. Yeah. Anyway. Be friends with Tom. That's right. Um, okay. So then the next sections that we want to kind of go through. <laughs> Wait, are, I just got to say this. Okay. But you've never met Tom. No. You don't have any connection to Tom. Zero Tom. Note to everybody else. I'm just pointing this out. Like there's no connection whatsoever, but Tom was on Facebook. So yeah. go be Tom's friend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> These are the, the reasons that we do things. I don't even think Tom was real. Probably not. He was just a picture. <laughs> I don't know. This is how you do your Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Tom is not real. Okay, so Smiley, our author here, like starts talking about different ways to connect to people. And so we kind of wanted to dive into that a little bit. Um, he talked about that there's a grown-up camp for, a summer camp for grown-ups that you go and like spend a whole week. Yeah, I would love that. You would? Mm-hmm. I go to camp twice a year for that reason. I can well, disconnect. Well, so like this is, yeah, they, they make you give up your electronics. Like you don't have your phone or anything. And like, you're just there to connect with people. It is so, well, I go to be alone. I go okay. for the quiet, but. Okay. So maybe <laughs> adult, disconnect. adult summer camp may not be for you, but you like maybe. not having to have your phone with you. I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he really challenges like the, the road to connection is about play and like being playful. And so that adults kind of have a hard time of being playful. You so, think you could do it? Be playful. I can be playful. We'll go to the camp. Yeah. It depends. <laughs> it depends. So um, it depends on what, what I'm going to have to do while I'm there, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm not great at wanting to play like large group games like that. I don't get excited about that. I don't know why. I'm like, I'm okay. Like once we get started, but like to really get me started to do it, I'm always like, uh. but then when I do it, I'm, I'm glad I did. Good. So, um, so like the thought of like going and just like getting sweaty and playing kickball all the time, like I'm like. <laughs> I'm not excited about that, <laughs> to be real honest. It's but fair. I think I could get up, give up my phone. Like, that, that wouldn't be a big deal. I don't yeah. mind doing that. But, um, and like hanging out with people, making connections, that's fine. But the thought of like having to play camp games, like <laughs> Gaga Ball, I'm good. I don't need to do that. I'm okay. <laughs> um, and so real friendships happen when we're not on the screen. 
so like it's, they happen when you're like doing life together. And so like the, that's really where the tangibleness about a relationship happens. And so we want to make sure we have opportunity to actually connect with people yeah. and, and it not be over, over a computer, over a phone, you know, like as in like a uh, texting, you, you might get have a conversation over a phone, you know, like a, mm-hmm. where you can hear their voice, you know, that they could build that. But um, we, we tend to be really tied to our phones. And so we end up getting wrapped up in like trying to take pictures of what's going on and like missing the moment. Like we're not present. Yeah. So I, I, rem- I remember this, um, <laughs> this picture on that went through social media a while back um, where I believe they were seeing like the queen of England. And so like everyone in the crowd has their phones and they're taking pictures. And there's one lady, she was older and she's like up against the fence in the very front and she's just watching what's going on. And like she was present in the moment. And so she wasn't consumed with documenting what she was seeing. You know, she was just enjoying being present. I really worked hard to do that in my life. Really? Yeah. I'm terrible about taking pictures when I'm doing stuff. Same. I'm, just, I'm just awful at it. And I don't know why. I just, I'm, I can't even tell you how often I'm like, oh my gosh, I did that. I haven't taken any pictures. I took no <laughs> pictures today. Like, to, you know, to commemorate that thing. And so I'm not sure why I don't take them. Like, I don't know that it's a conscious decision of I'm not going to take pictures, but I just don't. I'm just not good at it. I'm not either. Like even like. For, I don't do it on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. well, even like documenting, like when we've done Busted Biscuit stuff, like we haven't done a very good no, job of having pictures. Like, terrible. Oh, it's over. We didn't take any pictures. We don't have anything to post. I'm like, yeah, there's nothing to show we were having a good time here. So we promise it was a good time. Oh, so uh, Smiley then challenges us about um, screen time. And so about particularly with social media. So he suggests that you go on your phone and you see um, how much time you've spent on your social media apps on average per day over the last week. And so then you take that time and then you decide that the next week you're going to spend that much time connecting with someone either over a phone call or like face to face. It's like taking the daily average of that okay. and doing it. So Could you do it? Um, well, I mean, I, Yes, I think, because here's why I, I, um, for me, I've got limits on both my Facebook and Instagram and, um, an hour a day. And so I don't often get to the, get to an hour. Like I usually, if, if I read an article and get sucked into something, then that usually burns up my time, but rarely do I use a whole hour on both of those because I'm, I'm busy. I'm in, I'm in sessions. And so like, I don't have the opportunity to really check on that. I'm just not with my phone most of the time because I'm like, my phone's on my desk. I'm meeting with people. And so then I I don't get to spend a lot of time on it. Um, I think what might be harder would be to find the room to replace it. You know, like, can I really do that? Because I feel like I'm already making like face-to-face connections with people all day long. Right. Um, you know, not not always in a friendship way, but like I'm, I'm interacting with people. So I don't know that that's a really a good, um, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know that that it would make a huge difference for me to do that. Um, but what do you think? Can you do it? Could you give it up? Um, it depends on which social media you're talking about. Because okay. I, um, I do a lot of Snapchat with my grandson. Like, I love to get pictures of my grandson throughout yeah, the day. Yeah, he's a baby. So he's not he really. Is. <laughs> he's not participating, but I get videos all day okay, long. Like someone is snapping for him. You're, how old is he right now? He is seven months. Seven months. Yeah. yeah. So that's worth perfect. it. It is. And so uh, I spend a lot of time on there just like checking, looking for, for things. Uh, I've probably Facebook and Instagram, it wouldn't, it wouldn't phase me. Like I've had those deleted from my phone. Yeah. I've only recently added them back on. You only get on when I say, Jill, you yes. need to go post this. <laughs> go for share this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's Snapchat. Boy. It okay. rains, rains me in. <laughs> okay. Do you have a limit, a daily limit on your Snapchat? I do, but I tend to ignore it. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like on there frequently enough, checking frequently enough and getting, it's the only thing I have notifications turned on for too. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've turned notifications off for everything. 
I didn't have any. You know, I just don't. I mean, yeah, hardly anything. Because otherwise your phone just dings all day long. Yes. I mean, all day long. So, (laughs) yeah, I rarely have any of them. Um, Then he talks about that grownups need permission to play. And so that um, grownups feel like they have to have their act together all the time. And so like to let their hair down and kind of relax. They aren't really comfortable doing that. That is very true. How do you feel about that? I think that's very true. As kids, you're like encouraged to, you know, grow and learn and mm-hmm. interact and make mistakes and do all of the things. And it, as an adult, you're supposed to have it all together. Like you're supposed to be focused and, and you know, steadfast and doing all of the right things. And play doesn't necessarily enter into that. Neither mm-hmm. does making mistakes. And so as a result, as as adults, we're grumpy because we don't have an opportunity yeah. for recess in life. What is wrong with that? And, right. And so then we aren't making connections with people because we're not being playful. Yeah, exactly. I think it's important to think about that. Yeah, because who wants to have boring friendships? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Not like, me. <laughs> I want to go do fun things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said that adults need to know that they aren't alone and feeling scared. And so then um, how, how do we communicate that? That it, you're not alone in feeling the way that you're feeling. Like, is that about, like, validating how people feel about things? Like, what do you, how do you make them know they're not alone and feeling scared? Um, yeah, I would say validation. I mean, I, it's something I've had to learn. I don't okay. know that I'm necessarily any good at it yet, but uh, I didn't have that growing up. And so it was never part of what I um, grew up with. But I do feel like that that's a necessary component of what what relationships are about, right? Like, acknowledging what's happening in the moment and, and being yeah. present for that. Yeah. And um, do, you, do you find that you know when someone needs to be validated or or no? Does that feel like you don't aren't really sure when you need to be validated? Uh, like, yes, I don't, I don't always know. I always am debating, like, is this one of those moments? Should I say something? Should I not say something? Yeah. How do I how do I say something? What uh-huh. do I say? Um, so I do tend to get like a little wound up in that uh, wanting to be that for someone, but not really understanding how that works. So, well, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that you feel that way. Cause I, I don't know that I felt like you've never like you don't validate me. Like I feel like that when we have conversations that I feel very validated in our exchanges. So uh, I, I'm surprised if, to hear you say that you don't feel like you know how to validate. Cause I, that's not been my experience as being your friend. Well, thank you for that. But yes, I mean, I think I do it. Mm-hmm. I just am never sure that I'm doing it at the right moment or the right time. <laughs> but is there is there ever a moment to not validate someone's feelings? Well, I don't know. I never thought about it that yeah, way. Yeah, I don't okay, know. Okay, I guess. I'll have to chew on that. Like, when would you not want to validate someone's feelings? I don't know. <laughs> Good question. Okay, I'm chewing on that one. Okay. We will think about that. Good to go. He, he talked about it tr- at the camp, the summer camp that they had. They had something called a buddy bench for adults. Mm-hmm. And so what that is, that concept is that Typically, you see it like in schools where there's a bench uh, out on the playground. And so then when someone doesn't feel so great, they're feeling kind of sad, they can go sit on the bench. And then the other kids around them are like trained to pay attention to that. And so when they see someone on the buddy bench, like it's like social awareness that you need to go and like see how that person's doing. How can you help them? How can you be their friend? How can you include them? Yeah. Hmm. And so do you think adults would participate in a buddy bench? Nope. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Why not? Well, because that just means that you are in need of emotional support and that doesn't, that mm-hmm. putting that out on display doesn't necessarily feel good. I think what I'm uncomfortable with about the buddy bench is that it's so public, yeah. right? Like it's, I don't think it's as hard to go to some one person and say, hey, I'm not feeling so great. True. Um, you know, hey, can you support me? Hey, can we talk through this? But like to like go and like sit down and say, I am not in a good spot. I think that would be really hard. If you don't have friends, go sit on that buddy bunch and I will come sit next to you. Oh, yeah. But 
Yes, I would be happy to respond to someone on the buddy bench. I have no issue with that. But I have I have discomfort thinking about going to the bench and saying, you know, hey, I need someone to pay attention to my needs and my emotions right now. Why? Uh, it just feels really public. And so I don't know that, that we should always express our feelings publicly, right? Like, I think that's what we're talking about, having safe spaces, you know, to be okay. able to tell someone how you're feeling and like to to, to share that. And so um, I, I, Busted Biscuits is all about being vulnerable. And so we, I think you should do that. But we also talk about being safe when you do it. And so then for me, I struggled. I wouldn't feel safe, I don't think, doing that. <laughs> it just feels like a, a public declaration. And so um, I, I want to talk to someone and I'm going to find someone to talk about it. But it's just like, oh, that feels really vulnerable. I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I think I, I, I possibly could. Okay. There's no shame in it. Oh, I agree. There, yes, I agree. There's no shame. I just, I just like, I get squirmy thinking, ooh, would I be willing to go like publicly declare that I'm needing someone to hear me right now? I think I, I would struggle. <laughs> now I could go find you or go find Todd or, or any of my other <laughs> friends and go, hey, I need you to talk to me right now. But it just feels different to do that, you know, in a Got public it. setting. Got yeah, it. that would be, I think that's my issue. Okay. okay. So this next one, Smiley encourages us to try new things. Um, and so <laughs> he talked about how like it, with as children, like we played openly, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, that's what you did as a kid. Like you go to the playground, you even meet people, other little kids that you don't know and you play with them. But then when we're a grown up, like we don't allow ourselves to play. And so then we need to be trying new activities. When was the last time you tried something new? Uh, well, we had this discussion. I had to really think about it. Yeah. But it was a week ago. Oh, what did you do a week ago? I went, uh, so, uh, I, I, had extended family that asked me to go on vacation with them. And I have not done that before. Uh, usually it's just my immediate family or my very close friends that I've like traveled with. Uh-huh. And so I traveled with some extended family and had a wonderful time. It was a beautiful trip. It yeah. was so relaxing. I was so glad I did it. That's good. Yeah. I can't come up with anything. Like in prep for this, I was like, we need to have an answer to try new things. And I'm like, mm, I don't think I've got anything. I really cannot. <laughs> you need to try new things. I know. <laughs> I, I will accept the challenge and try to find something new to do. I'm just, I, yeah, I don't know that, that I've done that. And so like when we, when Todd and I were on vacation with our family, like we went to the beach. And so um, there was a, a surfer dude there at the beach that like had a, several surfboards. And he like said, it, you know, kind of made an announcement. Anybody want to come surf? You can use my board. And so then Todd's like, I want to do that. And so I'm like, well, that's <laughs> impressive. You know, so he went and tried, you know, like, Good but I, I didn't do that. <laughs> I didn't draw that. You know, why so, didn't you? Uh, well, I don't know that I would. Well, I don't think that I'm physically fit enough <laughs> to go try surfing. <laughs> You know, so it's like, I don't Fair. know that you want me out there doing that. So, um, but like, so then he's tried new things, but like, I don't think that I have. So I'm going to have to really find something new to try. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll, I will let you know when I find something to do. <laughs> he says that we need to get weird first. That um, mm-hmm. when someone tries new things for the first time, like when it's good for someone to see you kind of trying something different and, yeah. and being weird. How do you feel about being weird? First? Um, well, I loved his, I loved what they were talking about because they were like, it, it reminded me of like an open mic and I go, anybody can come up and just do whatever you want to do. And you can, you know, let your, let your, let your weird shine. And, mm-hmm. and so it, it creates the environment where other people are just more comfortable. Uh-huh. They, they feel liberated and they can go out and they can do the same things. They can show who they are and be mm-hmm. real. Um, and so I love that idea. I think, I, I think as far as letting your weird shine and me being first, oh, I don't know. Well, like, I think the, I'm a little, I'm a little more reserved okay. than some people. Yeah. So I would be, yeah. I want to be first. But also if there's a bunch of people around, like everybody's afraid, I, I probably would do it first. Well, and so it really gave me the image of like a flash mob. And mm, so, you yeah. know, that's where like one person starts dancing and then like, now it's pre- 
pre-planned, right? That people mm-hmm. are slowly going to start joining that person to, to do the dance that they've choreographed until you have like this massive group of people that are doing a dance. And so, but like that really kind of speaks to what being weird first does. Yeah. Right. So you get the first person that starts the dancing and then some people start joining along. I like that. We need a busted biscuits flash mob. Oh, coming soon. Oh, oh, <laughs> well, that, okay. That was not discussed beforehand. <laughs> so Jill just said we're doing a flash mob. At some Lord point, Lord Jesus, help at me. At some point, the, in the maybe distant future, okay. not so near future. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna have the sign of the cross right now. Oh my Lord, help me. How are we gonna make this happen? Listen, you wobble, wobble, do whatever. Oh, yes. Now listen, I'm all about the line dancing. That is not. You're not wrong. But I know what to do with that, right? Like there's there's actions that come next. We'll find one online Ooh, to practice. I'm getting sweaty already. <laughs> So, so he says to, we need to try something new every day. Well, if I can't even come up with anything I've done new, <laughs> how in the world am I going to do something every day? Every day for the next week, you're going to oh pick my one word. thing. Oh, okay. We'll see. Okay. And then you also need to figure out how to ask different questions when you meet somebody. <laughs> and of course, I love that, right? Me and my uh, addiction to conversation cards. Yes. I love the idea of having different questions to ask. And so... Um, you know, not, not just saying, Hey, how's it going? Good to see you. But like really genuinely having questions, um, that are different. So like I did this at Walmart. So whenever I'm in the checkout line, like I'll ask him, you know, has it been busy? And then I'll ask well, how much longer they have to work. And then I'll ask like <laughs> anything crazy happened today. Walmart, anybody had like, a, you know, weird outfit on or something <laughs> and like, and just engaging the, the cashier yeah. in a conversation. And so then I try to find questions that aren't like normal questions to ask just to kind of make things different. I think it helps the person um, remember the exchange better, you know, because you're asking a question that not that people don't normally ask. Yeah, I would agree with that. Have you had any conversations like impromptu conversations recently? At the grocery store too. Okay. What happened? Uh, I was buying something and the the gentleman checking me out was like, did you try the grape? It was a drink. And I was like, I said, yes. And he said, it's really good. And I said, one of my favorites but I don't buy it often because it can't find it mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's so we had this whole long conversation about the drink and then we were talking about the the nutrients that were in the drink and where else you can okay. find these types of things and uh-huh. so the whole entire checkout was all this discussion about like foods and things that we eat and he was sharing about his girlfriend the story about his girlfriend trying to buy all of the the grape flavored ones uh-huh. <laughs> because she liked them too <laughs> so I was like, that's so cute. Yeah, we connected. It was a lovely, a lovely discussion. Did that feel like you had to work at that? Like, like, did you feel like you had to like force yourself to engage with him? Or was it, did that feel kind of easy? I think it was easy. What was hard was keeping it up. Oh, okay. and like, and trying mm-hmm. to continue that on. And okay. so we start with this random conversation. We were talking about Ezekiel bread after that. Like, okay. there was a certain drink. It's a fiber drink. And then the, you talk about, he started talking about Ezekiel bread and how he eats Ezekiel bread and like telling me to try a different version of Ezekiel bread. And, uh-huh. Like we had this whole, I mean, it was a long discussion. So it just kind of flowed naturally. But like I had, I just kind of, I thought, what question can I ask now? What question can I ask now? Okay. Yeah, just to kind of keep it going. And I think that's good. And like being purposeful and mindful in that, like you need to be present and paying attention to what's going on. Like you don't want to be so consumed with what question you ask next that you don't pay attention, but you need to be kind of prepared, right? For that the conversation needs to keep going. Yes. Because I think sometimes we can get wrapped up in what am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to say? And then you miss what they just said. Well, I got more wrapped up in the, oh my gosh, if we stop talking now, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be silent. (laughs) So I got to keep coming up with stuff to say. Fun. Oh, okay. Well, now, now Smiley in his book encouraged us to be sheriffs of good times. And so basically what that meant was that we needed to try to find opportunities to affirm people. And so he suggested that you give gold stars out to people or you... I'm going to go buy me some stars. Are I think you? This is so fun. Okay. 
<laughs> and then uh, buy someone's coffee in line behind you. So when you say going and buying stars, so I think it was Co- Coco that sent me a um, a TikTok of this lady that bought googly eyes, and then she went around Walmart and put a googly eyes on like people's faces on the products, right? Yes. And so like, I, she's like, we should do that. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I will do it with her. Okay. Coco, come find me. Okay. We will go do it. It'll right. be an event before, okay. before She'll be school all, starts. She will love that. And so <laughs> been making googly eyes on people. But anyway, it was, it was that was kind of funny. Um, and then they give out free popsicles and then like um, give encouragement cards. So like there's this thing, mm-hmm. that, this ad that keeps coming up in both my Facebook and Instagram is called kindness cards. And essentially it's these cards that just have say, like sayings about, you know, you're awesome, or you did such a great job, or you know, your smile lots, lots of a room, something like that. And then it's blank on the back, or you can write a little note to the person, and then you, you know, you hand it to them, or you, or you give it out in some way, or maybe you just leave them somewhere. And so, um, I, I keep getting drawn to those. I might end up buying me a pack of kindness cards. I've actually used those really at work. Yeah, uh-huh. I just realized that when you were talking about it, I've, I've done them at work where I've um. I purchased them and then I would leave them like in the morning for someone to find when they come to work in the morning. Like, hey, thanks for what you did. You know, great job here. Or uh, it it was just like a a thing. It was more of a thank you type thing, but kind of in the same way, like you rock, right? Like just little funny sayings. And then you could write on the back what they did. Yeah. It was actually, I really, I liked it. I had fun with it. That's good. I enjoyed it. You work from home now. Yes. So like you leave one for your husband? Get him a card. Um, well, I, I frequently buy cards and oh, never send them. <laughs> real? Okay. I frequently, like, I'll be thinking of someone and be like, I'm going to buy this card. I'm going to go buy a card purposely for this person. And then I buy the card. I take it home. I put it on top of my microwave. And there are now, like, seven or eight cards on the top of my oh. microwave. <laughs> well, Jill, guess what? If I'm trying something new, you're sending seven or eight cards this All right, week. That's, that's that a good works. plan. Okay. You have to report back. <laughs> What's happening with that? Then smiling encourages us to find something that makes you come alive. It's like, don't do what you think you're supposed to do, but do what makes you feel like whole and complete. And so what would that be for you? Got anything that makes you come alive that you're like, oh, when I do this, I just feel so great. Anything you can think of? No. No? I mean, when I complete things at work, but that's not really fun. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, I I think honestly doing what we're doing helps me come alive. Like I think it's been a journey to kind of get here. You know, like there was definitely a season that I didn't know what my purpose was and that I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. But I mean, I feel like people and connections is really what I'm supposed to be about. And so like what we're doing right now definitely helps me to come alive. That's good. Nice. So we need to figure out how to make you come alive when it comes (laughs) to this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, we'll keep working on that. That's right. But no, but I do know, I will say this for you though. Like you do feel like we have something, we have a purpose. Oh yeah, for sure. You know? And so then even though like, like you feel squirrely about doing it, you still are willing to participate and you know, it's good. I will say it this way. I would not, I would not have done this myself Mm -hmm. and I would not like, I may, I may know that it is needed, but I would not have been the one to kind of go out and do this. Mm -hmm. I know that I saw this for you, but it it wasn't something I saw myself being part of. And so I'm grateful that I get to be a part of it Mm -hmm. because I think it's, it is important. And and what you're, you know, what we're doing here is, is it it can make a difference for people when they hear it. Well, and how often have I told you that I wouldn't do this by myself? Like I wouldn't have been able to do that. So like, I think we're, we're together for a reason. Like we have a purpose because I think we, um, we complete each other in this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when it comes to this process, like, you know, neither one of us can do it on our own by ourselves. Yeah, so true. Yeah. So, okay. Then the next thing that Smiley tells us is that we need to hug more and hug longer. The University of North Carolina found that women who are frequently hugged have lower blood pressure than those who are not. So like, not if, a surprise. Yeah. So like if you're, if you're feeling hugged then maybe you feel supported and so then your blood pressure kind of calms down. 
You feel acknowledged. Mm. You feel seen. You yeah. feel you feel like someone has taken a moment of their time to like mm-hmm. to to give something to you, and so you're receiving that and knowing that that's like it's lowering the stress, it's lowering the anxiety, it's lowering whatever's happening in that moment because uh-huh. there's a physical connection that happens. Well, and then Carnegie Mellon University found that those who received regular hugs had fewer flu symptoms than those who were hugged less frequently. <laughs> that feels counterintuitive, right? Because like if you're hugging a lot of people, then you're probably like sharing your flu Get germs, the flu. Right? But Free hugs for flu. <laughs> but, but basically they're saying that like, you know, that, that isolation, yeah. that lack of physical touch mm-hmm. would promote like th- flu symptoms. Which makes sense because I mean, when you, when you get a hug, you have this like feel good sensation. And mm-hmm. so the symptoms that you have become less when you feel, mm-hmm. you know, you feel good. This next stat was the Adolescence Journal had an article that said that cultures that exhibited minimal physical affection towards their young children had significantly higher rates of adult violence. Not a surprise. Why do you think that's not a surprise? Well, if you don't hug, if you're not, if you're not giving any kind of positive physical attention, like people become angry. They have no outlet. There is no release. Like you Uh you can't just hug that away. I know a hug doesn't solve everything, but a hug sure does make you feel better when you get one. Mm -hmm. And so then you're more, I think hugging also makes you more aware of people around you, like that connection. And so you maybe not be as violent because like you have angry, right? You won't be as angry. (laughs) Right. And so you're thinking about people more than just yourself. Yeah. I'm reminded too of that 1920s conversation, the book that was from the 1920s in one of our other episodes episode. yeah yeah what, what was it about in case they're um, joining us for the first time oh, so if you're joining us for the first time uh it was <laughs> in the 1920s there was a book that was put out as a parenting book and it said don't hug your children and it said not mm-hmm. just don't hug your children but like distance yourself from your children make them independent make them strong and and you know independent people at the age of like eight months yeah when they can fend for themselves let them go even when they can fend from themselves don't show them a lot of affection or attention just kind of separate yourself from them right and that was yeah damaging right like yeah yeah, it didn't do them any good nope and so then like there's just another statistic showing that that like you have you really need to have that physical connection that love and affection you know to be able to be healthy and good and not violent hug your friends <laughs> hug all. yes particularly your single friends i'm back to that i'll say that as much as i can hug your single friends because if they're not in a relationship and getting hugged all the time they need someone to love on them hug them and then the, he also went on to talk about a gal named bailey and that she particularly wasn't in tune with her feelings and um she would take on everyone else's feelings but then she never felt like anybody was like there for her and listening to what she needed needed and so um she kind of had this realization that she just was disconnected so, um, so she started looking for ways to, to get connected. Um, she started learning about herself and like what, what she liked about herself, what she didn't like about herself and just started to grow. And that's really, I think is a great summary of what Busted Biscuits is about is like to learn those things, to recognize those things that aren't healthy in ourselves and work on them and grow and change so that we can have better connections to people around us. Coming in season three. Season yes. three. Yes. And so he suggested, actually Bailey suggested that you put yourself in places and spaces where people are further along in their journey of self-discovery and healing. What do you think? Well, I was going to say that that's how we came to be right? uh-huh. because we had the friend group that said we had a friend group and we added a couple of extra people for that trip that we took. And those people were like, what is this? This is crazy. This, this isn't normal relationship stuff. Like this isn't how it usually works. So mm-hmm. how, how did you get here? And so 
So that's really what challenged us. Yeah. To think of, we need to, we need to let people know what's going on here. Like we need to share what we know and like help other people be healthy. But you know, I've heard this in like, in terms of if you want to be a millionaire, that you should hang out with millionaires because like you see what they do, you see the investments that they make, (laughs) you see the, the financial choices that they, they have. And so then the more you're around them, the, the more you're like, okay, I can, I need, I see what I need to do to become that. And so the same thing is true with healthy relationships that you need to find people that are healthy, spend time with them and like learn from them. I think that's actually a really, a really great suggestion. And I think it can really be applied to anything that you're wanting to improve in your life. Yeah. Like find somebody that's got it figured out if it's, you know, maybe it's your career or maybe it's like your spiritual life or like, you know, building your house and doing better at your budget, like whatever it is that you need to get better at, find someone that's good at it, spend time with them and then they'll, they'll kind of bring you along. Like it. Okay. Um, then the next thing you need to do with that is you need to do whatever you need to do to feel healed and to get healed and be healthy. And so whatever needs to happen, uh, make it happen. So if that means like that you separate yourself from some people, if it means that you add habits or you take away habits or you go to therapy or you have conversation, like be committed to, to healing and being a complete person coming in season three. Love and, it. Yep. <laughs> and then you also need to, the last thing would be to be self-compassionate that you need to meet yourself where you are and then be willing to meet other people where they are. And so like, don't beat yourself up because you're not where you're at and don't like be mean to people when you're like, Oh my gosh, why do you not have this figured out yet? But like meet them where they are, see them and engage them. Yeah. I was like, I always think of that as giving myself grace. Uh, I think about, I look back and think, you know, I've been, we've been friends for about two years now and Mm -hmm. the, the distance that I've grown has definitely been significant, but it didn't happen. It was, it was a day by day progressive thing. It was not overnight. Yeah. I have a sign in here in the office that says, um, I'll do that differently next time. And it's really about like giving yourself grace, recognizing when you do things that you don't like and you're like, is it like replaying the footage and going, I'm so terrible. I'll never get this right. Like create a plan to go. Okay. So next time this situation presents itself, I'm going to be ready and I'm going to handle it differently. And so it's, it's really about embracing where you're at and just growing from it. I think, you know, we have to have that mentality, I think to be whole. I agree. He talks about that whenever you go someplace, you need to bring an offering. And so like bring in a gift, you know? So, um, and listen, I'm a, I love gifts. And you so do. <laughs> I do like, that's my love language for sure. In fact, you know, um, my niece just turned nine and one of the things she wanted was some roller skates. And so Aunt Jen came through and got her some roller skates. And so my sister sent me a picture that she had slept in her roller skates. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that's I was like so yes, cute. I nailed it. I got her what she wanted. And so then the not, you know, I always love to be able to give gifts. And he talked about too, that like whenever you found the group that you're in, like that you're, that you're supposed to be in, that it's easy to want to, um, to be there. And so like he discussed, like he was being part of that summer camp. And so he would go and like do a lot of manual labor and, and just like the, the day would just disappear. And he just wasn't even noticing what he was doing because he was so invested in what was going on. Like, he's like, these are my people. This, this place gives me energy and makes me come alive. And so I want to be a part of that. Nice. The, the last section that we'll cover today is about how to connect to the strangers that, that are around us. And so you want to be willing to open your world to them you know, like not be separate from that. And so when I say that to you about opening your world to a stranger, what do you think? Well, I think we go back to the very beginning, like all of our foundational stuff that we kind of recorded where we said, you know, don't, don't overlook someone. Don't, don't think that they're not a good fit for you because you don't know them well enough to know whether or not they're going to be a good fit. And so give people a chance, um, you know, no matter how different they may seem, give them a chance to, to be part of that. And, and, like I think about strangers in the store, right? Like you don't know what that person's going through. You don't know how their day is, what's happening in their life. Mm-hmm. So so start a conversation and see what happens. I love that. 
So everyone's craving a connection, but nobody wants to go first. Mm, so true. Yeah. Why don't Why don't people want to go first? Fear of rejection. Really? Let me just say that. Okay. <laughs> In okay. my opinion, it is fear of rejection. Like you don't want to start a conversation and try and, and you know go down a path and then just have someone stonewall you or like not not respond or do any of those things. You don't want to be rejected. But at the same time, are they going to remember that? Yeah, no. I don't think so. Nah. So no. I've started doing it. It's, Good. It's easier. Oh, I love now. that. Good. <laughs> yeah, I'm that weirdo in the store that talks to people <laughs> all the time. Uh, oh my gosh. You, have, you also have to know like what you enjoy doing so you know what to talk to the stranger about like you know kind of get an idea of what's important to you so that you have topics to discuss when you meet a stranger it makes sense you know so like you know anything that you're into that you'd be willing to talk to people about your grandbaby sometimes yes okay. like today about baby food oh, okay. I, I was surprised the conversation wasn't about baby food it was about my little olipop drink oh okay <laughs> nice um you know like i can talk about puzzles <laughs> because, what do you talk about when you talk well, about puzzles i don't know i don't really have much to talk about. okay fair <laughs> but like that's really what i'm into that's what do you enjoy doing if that's the question like in my free time i'm enjoying putting puzzles together like it's a problem solving mechanism and it's like you know relaxing and so if i can like put in a podcast or uh, listen to a book while i'm putting a puzzle together like you can't get much more middle-aged than that but like I'm, <laughs> i love it you know <laughs> so but then also i enjoy talking about friendships and and relationships and why those things are important. So that's definitely a conversation that I would have with people. And as we've been getting into this loneliness stuff, like having these stats mm-hmm. like to talk about, like mm-hmm. I've been dropping those stats quite a bit. So, um, oh, yeah, I've been how com- people respond to that. Um, some people, I mean, it's definitely a conversation they're engaging about yeah. it. I think some people have been surprised and some people say, yeah, I believe that, <laughs> you know, so just different, their perspectives are different, but like, I just, I've been struck with, um, just how isolated we are and how alone we've been and like, and not having relationships and that we've tolerated that. Yeah. So it just makes it tough, I think. <laughs> so when you're meeting a new person, you need to stay po- focused on the person that's right in front of you. Don't be distracted by things around you, like, but focus on them. Are you good at that? Yes. Okay. Good. Um, I guess it's purposeful or not purposeful, right? Like at the grocery store, sometimes you're taking your bags and moving them. And so you're trying to like do multiple things at oh, once. Uh-huh. Um, okay. When you go to like a, a setting where you're, you're purposely looking to be introduced to people, obviously you're a little bit more focused. Yeah. And so, but being purposeful, like not to be distracted yes. by the person that walks around behind you or whatever. So this is interesting. So here in my office, like I have, I have a big picture window. And so if people sit in the couch that faces the window, they often see a squirrel that goes back and forth on the power line. He was there earlier. Well, you so see that this is where Jill is sitting. <laughs> so I she have can noticed. See it. So like frequently I'll have clients that there's a squirrel that's going across the power line. <laughs> and so I'm like, super yeah. distracting exactly. actually. <laughs> right. Like you should stay with it. And so like, he, like he goes out and performing, like it's his, his circus act that thing goes across the tightrope <laughs> walker and so um but that's you know people are easily distracted by that so like when you're meeting a new person try not to pay attention to the squirrel on the, on the power line you know but like pay attention to <laughs> so what they're true. saying to you so that they feel like they're they're engaging what's going on you could always point it out mm-hmm. and say did you notice the squirrel yeah, i do have a squirrel an acrobatic squirrel would you like to look at him <laughs> i haven't named him maybe we should work on naming okay, my squirrel yes. yeah. maybe we'll do that um whenever you are hanging out with someone new or like you know that you're going to meet new people like you need to make sure that you know what you want others to know about you and and that try to discover something about someone else so like what is it that you want to share about like you know do you want them to know that you have a grandbaby do you want them to know um that you were at the beach last week and and that i was really jealous of the fact that you're at the beach for so stinking long <laughs> without me just Three so weeks, you know I'm sorry. oh my gosh it was so long um I wasn't at the beach the whole time though well you're in california and then in florida <laughs> 
Like you can't. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was not happy with the amount of, of sand time you're getting in my absence. Okay. Fair. Okay. So, but knowing what you want to talk to them about. And so kind of having some go-to topics that you're prepared to discuss. I think that makes it easier to have conversation. Like, you know, if you know what you want to discuss mm-hmm. and then the best thing so far <laughs> in this book was he said that you have to have some go-to questions that you're ready to ask strangers. You know where that speaks to? My conversation cards. Conversation cards. cards. Uh Best thing ever. And so um, I felt very validated when I read this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So do you you have like go-to questions that you ask anybody? Like do you have things like kind of stored up that you pull out when you need to meet somebody? Well, I think it depends on the situation. Like when I was on vacation, I asked like, what's your favorite vacation? Yeah. Who'd you take your, you know, who do you like to go on vacation with? Where's your favorite place that you vacationed to? So Uh like it was more specific to the, the, situation yeah like we were sitting over ramen eating right uh-huh. like, and, and yeah let's make go let's play 20 questions um so so i, d- I think it depends but mm-hmm. but they're generally kind of all the same yes well so what i tend to do when i meet somebody new and they tell me like what they do for a living then i'll ask them what's the craziest thing that's happened in your job like you know <laughs> and so so sometimes they can very quickly come up with an answer and sometimes they have to think about it for a little bit you know going well my job's kind of boring i don't know but usually <laughs> someone has something nuts that's happened yes, you know and so then like then that makes the conversation really interesting cuz like if it's crazy for them that they experience it <laughs> and they want to talk about it so i think that that's one of my go tos when i feel like i'm getting stuck or meeting someone like oh so what's the craziest thing that's happened that's a good one yeah so i like that in, one in the book they were uh, they were saying you could just simply if it's someone new you've never met just simply ask them how their day was and i thought wow that's kind of weird but then at the same time that's kind of informative right because yeah. you you like how you answer that question really yeah. like, are you gonna open up and talk to me about your day or are you mm-hmm. just gonna oh it was good and move on to the next question well and I think you have to hang on like you have to stay with that so if you ask the question how was your day and they say good oh great well, what was good about it you know, so <laughs> yes. t- tell me yes. what was going you know no, not so great what was, so, what was not so great about it like hang with them and keep going further into the conversation because you're leaving it with good or not good you know didn't get you very far yeah. like you know making them be willing to express that next level I like that especially with a stranger because like you don't you don't even know what their day could mm-hmm. potentially be like so mm-hmm. good so Smiley mentioned a gal that was making um, connections with strangers a game so what she would do is like she would walk through town and she would smile and see how many smiles she could collect like how many smiles she could garner from other people I when she like smiled at them game. oh you would I would do that game okay I don't have to talk to people I can just smile <laughs> well Jill if you <laughs> we say hello maybe <laughs> yeah. so if I'm trying new things we could add and you're sending cards maybe you can send cards and smile at people maybe you have two <laughs> okay. tasks we'll see um, and then he talked about um, one of his friends had something called the Sunrise Club that they had monthly meetings where they went to San Francisco or they were in San Francisco and they went up on a mountain and they watched the sunrise like monthly. And so then they would be done in time for everyone to go to work. I would like to watch the sunset. I am also a sunset girl. Like I would much rather stay up late than have to get up early in the morning. I live in the East. I don't want to have to get up and watch Yeah, I'm good. Like, so that wouldn't be something that would draw me. No, but, but it reminds me of what we do now with our friend group. Uh Uh-huh. Like once a month. We hang out. We hang out. That's true. Yeah. And we do have some gals that like want to go to the sunrise when we've been at the beach. And so mm-hmm. I do think that they'll have their own little sunrise club. <laughs> they I do. Will There's not be like four them. of them, but yeah. it's not me. No. 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 I'm like, tell me about it when you get back. <laughs> take take some- a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to me. I know you're trying to be present, but if you can just take a picture and show me, I'll feel better. 
Thanks a lot. I can say I saw it. <laughs> oh. Then he says, so many people are throwing breadcrumbs at us to connect, but we are programmed to reject them. You need to reprogram yourself to see the invitations that people are offering you. I love that he used the word breadcrumbs because we talk about that. Like we talk about, mm-hmm. you know, giving someone crumbs that like we're trying to get someone to be vulnerable. And so then we, um, you know, put something out there to see, or when we were trying to be vulnerable, we put something out there to see what people are going to do with it. Right. Right. And so um, this kind of struck me on this. We have something, whenever Coco and I go out in public, usually to Walmart, she usually goes to the grocery store with me. Um, I'll end up having some, a, a random conversation with a stranger. And so she started calling them Jen Stanley moments that you like having a Jen Stanley moment. And so like she, she walks around the corner and giggles while it's happening and I'm participating in whatever exchange <laughs> is going on. Right. And so like, we, we never really understood what, what was going on. Like, you know, we always like, why does that happen to you? Why do you always end up in these conversations? I'm like, I don't know. I just do. But then when reading that statement that like people are giving bread crumbs and then we we pick them up and I'm thinking oh that's what I'm doing someone is like putting out something little some little breadcrumb out there and I'm like taking it on and picking it up and engaging them in the conversation so all this time I was blaming other people (laughs) for like for sucking me in but the reality is they're dropping breadcrumbs and I'm responding you know, way like, to go it's all your fault yeah so like so the Jen Stanley moments are really ordained by myself and not by someone else so I need to so keep cute. that in mind so I love it yeah so I'll probably try to pay attention to that like how often am I, am I you know picking up the crumbs that someone's dropping because they are random conversations that you know someone's in the freezer section and they're going man there's no more stromboli and like really and like yeah and then we have this conversation about that why it's been so long that they've had stromboli that you know they have not stocked it whatever it is like it's always weird you know but I'm always willing to engage for whatever reason so whereas most people would turn and be like, mm, okay. Yeah, but those are my <laughs> favorite away. moments, though, when you get in those those conversations that you aren't expected. True. I don't know. I'm a weirdo. I know I am. No, you're good. I think. Um, <laughs> you're not a weirdo. Yeah, well, people obviously love it. Well, they engage. They definitely mm-hmm. engage with me. And so then, and I'm hoping that for like, at least for Coco or anytime the girls are with me, that I'm modeling for them how to be kind to people. You know, that like when someone is reaching out and trying to have a connection, that it's okay to pick it up. You know, that it's okay to acknowledge that they want to connect and that that's not a bad thing. Love it. Yeah. But as long as it doesn't like go into something creepy. (laughs) (laughs) So we just saw a presentation today on um, sex trafficking. And so then like, as soon as like, talk to strangers, I'm like, "Mm, maybe not. (laughs) Wait till you're older. (laughs) Make sure your parents are with you. Oh my goodness. So, sorry that I take that <laughs> down a deep rabbit hole that we aren't really prepared to discuss. But anyway, so, um, so this is good stuff. I think it's a great idea to kind of think about how to get away from being lonely and like yeah. acknowledging that there, that we're not by ourselves. I mean, like we're not alone in being lonely, right? Yeah. That there are other people around us that are feeling lonely. And so we don't have to do that by ourselves. Well, and I love the, the idea, like you had mentioned in the beginning, that there are other people out there thinking about this. There are other people that have seen this. And so yeah. there's a lot of people focused on trying to help others. Well, yes, right. And so Busted Biscuits isn't the only people that are looking Mm -hmm. for connections and helping other to make connections. Like I've been really impressed with how much it's out there. So how much we align. Yeah. Oh man. And so like we are in a club for sure. And so (laughs) we haven't met any of these people, but we're in their club. So maybe we can arrange some meetings. We'll see. Who knows? Okay, guys. So uh, next time we're going to talk a little bit more about like this more friendship stuff and the loneliness and like how uh, what the next stage of like being a good friend looks like and like what how you can grow in that aspect of things. Excited. Mm-hmm. So till next time when we bust some biscuits. Bye,